Wessex LMCs supporting you and your practice. Hello and welcome to this podcast with uh, Laura Edwards, one of the medical directors at Wessex LMCs, and uh, Dr Anna Reid. Uh, Anna is joining us today to talk about uh, the transformation of moving from normal general practice into hot and cold sites in response to the COVID crisis. Um, so uh, Anna, if you'd like to tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your practice. Yep, hello. Um, so yeah, I am a GP. I've been a GP for quite a few years now. Um, and a partner in a large practice in the middle of Basingstoke. We are a practice and a PCN in our own right. We've got 43,500 patients. Um, so we have quite a lot of people to be looking after. And we've got about 130 staff about 30 of those are doctors um, and then all the other staff that you could imagine from nurse practitioners, nurses, paramedics, clinical pharmacists, mental health practitioners, social prescribers and then all of our amazing back office staff, the admin team, our management, uh, reception etc and I hope I haven't missed anybody out. <laughs> General practice not <laughs> team game isn't it? Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about the process uh, that you've gone through over the past week or so in terms of uh, rearranging yourselves. So we identified probably fairly early on in all of this that we were going to be need to really adapt how we were looking after our patients and providing primary care in the best way we could in the circumstances. Um, and we were, we're we're quite fortunate in that because we are one uh, large practice, we work across three sites. So it was quite clear and easy to say, actually, we're going to use our sites to our advantage. So we can have one site where we might see the patients who are potentially higher risk, have another site for um, to do the bulk of our admin work um, and, and think along those lines. So that it's all stemmed from there. Um, that hasn't happened easily. We're really, again, we're really fortunate in that one of my partners has got a background in, and done quite a lot of infectious disease work. She's lived and worked in Africa for quite some time. Um, and so she has been amazing and really spearheaded our, our plans and, and worked huge amount to put things together um, along with a team of our senior managers and, and a couple of the, the doctors and our um, our nurse manager and our infection controlled nurse so it's been a real team effort I think that's the really important thing that none of us could have done this on our own and everyone's had a really important part to play um, we worked up this plan so we've now ended up um, at a place where we've got our one site which we're calling, we have our zones, which we call red, amber, green, blue and purple, just for a rainbow. Um, we've got our red zone, which is where we are seeing all the patients that we're deeming potentially higher risk. Although we're not seeing patients that we suspect do have COVID-19, because of course they're being looked after through the 111 service. Um, any patient that has potential respiratory illness uh, or higher temperatures, um, that, so symptoms that may be 
related, but we think probably aren't, go to that red site. And they're seen by our team um, for wearing full personal protective equipment and all their, their mask, etc. Um, and, and we're quite cautious in terms of we've, we've put barriers in place. So it feels a bit alien because that's certainly not what we're normally about in general practice, but we've locked our doors. We've put intercoms on the doors so that when patients arrive, they buzz in. Um, they are, it's, they checked who they are by the receptionists. Um, they are then advised that they're going to have to come straight in, straight through to see the, the, um, the doctor or the nurse practitioner who they're seeing at that site. Uh, so they're not hanging around and we've not got people sitting in the waiting room for long periods. Um, the people going to that site are also asked to wear a mask um, to try and, again, just help with reducing, reducing the risk. Um, we are also pre-screening pre them. So when we're talking to them about their symptoms and saying we're bringing you down, we're also making sure we ask them to do simple things like go to the toilet before they leave home and um, make sure they wash their hands and when they arrive if there is a bit of a wait that they will be asked at the intercom point to sit in their car and then we'll call them to come back to the door if they're if we do and if it's a bit of a wait for people who don't have a car that's where we're trying to keep the waiting room as clear as possible so then they can sit if they absolutely have to come in they can sit up you know far away from anybody else mm-hmm. Our receptionist is quite nervous about that because, of course, we have to have somebody on the front door. Um, but by doing that, when they speak to people on the intercom, they can say to people, you know, wait, I'll unlock the door, give me a few seconds, I'll basically they can run away from the door <laughs> and the patient can then find their way in. So that seems to be working uh, fairly well. We've then got our Amber site where we're running most of our normal general practice that's still going. So um, <clears throat> things like our nurse treatment room, our um, appointments for patients that need to be seen face to face, who don't have any any symptoms that we're concerned about in terms of coronavirus, mm-hmm. they can be seen there. So we're we're still there doing having a, an intercom system for letting people in. So again, we're still not having lots of people sitting in the waiting room um, and congregating, but it's a little bit. Uh, less high risk so there's more slightly more routine things going there Mm. the stage before all of that of course I should say is that we moved to phone appointments very quickly (laughs) I missed that (laughs) bit out Um, uh, yeah so no patient comes straight to the straight to the surgery they all get um, phoned beforehand so that's uh, either through our GT team or if they've got any patients that already had routine appointments booked in before um, all of the pandemic started then we've switched them to phone appointments and then we can bring them down if we need to we've also brought in video consultations video consultations um, so that if we can yeah so to manage things that that we might need a bit more than a phone call and to have a look. So, for instance, I called a, a, a mum and, a, and a, their child about a rash last Friday. That was my first video consultation. It was very exciting. Um, um, but I was able to reassure her, reassure the mum and um, explain what it was because it was really easy to see over the over the picture. So, And it was really easy to do, straightforward, which is great. Um, so we've also got our green um, zone, which is for our clinicians who are 
high risk. So are clinicians who are, um, for example, may have asthma, actually such as myself, I'm sitting in our green zone right at this moment, um, so that we're not patient facing, we're doing all those things like the phone calls, we're doing our prescriptions, doing lots of admin, um, a lot of troubleshooting for any of the other teams. Um, and we've got, again, nurse practitioners, GPs and a, a paramedic here. Uh, then we've got our purple zone, which is for our infant type stuff. So we've got babies and um, antenatal appointments and um, baby checks. Again, they are screened beforehand to make sure that they've not got any symptoms of mm. coronavirus. And they are asked to come so that any the babies come just with one parent. Um, so that we're and no and no siblings so that we're minimizing footfall and minimizing our staff and our other patients exposure mm. to other people then finally the blue zone is for all of our reception and admin and um and and, and managing management can't talk management team your um, purple zone do you mean that's the blue blue okay yeah blue. Purple. purple was where all the babies are. Purple babies, right. Blue, blue is admin, sorry. Blue is the admin, etc. Now, at the moment, um, we have moved all of our admin team out of the red site. So there is there are only clinical staff and the, the absolute essential reception staff there. Mm. Um, and But at the amber or, uh, zone, we've got, we have got a blue zone upstairs and we've been saying we could we could they could go upstairs to get tea and coffee and such from amber but from in the next couple of days that's going to stop because more and more we're concerned about the risk of exposing our, our back office team at the green site again at the moment we're allowing mixing between the floors um between the blue and the green um because everyone should be fairly minimal risk but again as it becomes more uh more likely that that people are carrying we're thinking that we're potentially going to stop that so that we're really isolating the different teams mm. to try and build in some resilience and also protect our higher risk staff mm. um so that, that they'll be in their own little bubble <laughs> um uh, away from from those we've the other thing that we've been using which initially was a bit bumpy but is now working really well is we've got quite a large number of laptops which have got the smart card enabled so that our clinicians are able to have them at home. So for people who are self-isolating, mm. they can, and are well, they can be making phone calls and um, doing prescribing and all those other things from home. Mm. If there are things that they need to do, such as print out fit notes or other things that I can't think of at this moment, um, we've set up a, a box so that they can send a task and then the GPs who are on site um, can just dip into that box and and do the do action what's needed. And, and mostly we're doing that from the green zone because we've got a bit more space and time to do that. Mm. Um, trying to think, we've used coloured tape to try and identify all the zones to make it really clear to our patients. Um, We've been really quite careful in terms of uh, communications. We've put out quite a lot of information to our patients. We've tried not to bombard them, um, but put information on the website, through Facebook, through using social media um, and using text messages mm. to remind people not to come to the practice, but to phone us 
um, or contact us through eConsult if they need to, um, but also to try and reassure them that we're doing our best to provide a, a service and we're doing all of this to try and protect our patients to reduce their risks. Um, and also just send out relevant information. So we sent out one today um, about from Asthma UK um, for what, what sort of people with asthma may want to be looking at and may want to be doing. Mm. Um, we've also put some links on today about looking after their own mental health, managing the anxiety that can go with coronavirus. Yeah. Um, what else have we been doing? Similarly for staff, we've done quite a lot of communication. So we're having a daily Zoom call with all of our staff if they want to join in. Mm. Um, myself and one of the other partners and anyone else that wants to join. So particularly for our, pa- our staff members that are at home mm. and dialing into the system, that's been really quite vital to make them, help them feel connected to the practice and and be able to ask questions. Um, the night before we went live with the red, amber, green plan, we held a Zoom call as well, um, which we had a lot of staff dial into so they could ask any questions or voice any worries that they had. We've also tried to be really clear with our staff that actually all of this has happened very, very quickly and we're all human and that there are things on there that we've missed and that we've done wrong and that if there are errors and there are problems then they just need to talk to us and hope that that's been happening and on the whole it's all gone down really well with our staff and with our patients we've had overwhelmingly positive feedback from our patients um they've mostly actually whenever i've when i've spoken to patients they've said we feel really well looked after which has been amazing to hear and then they've been asking how I'm doing that it must be crazy <laughs> it's so lovely to hear them thinking about us um, but staff again we've had feedback from the staff that, that they felt um, informed and supported so we've sent daily emails out as well with updates and um, yeah we just kept talking I think is the, the key thing with all of that stuff um, yeah, I feel like I've talked at you for quite a long time. <laughs> um, really useful. I had one last question about the screening that you're using. How are you screening patients coming in? So we um, have used the AccuRx uh, tool, yeah. which was great, particularly initially when we switched over to telephone consultations and stopped any face-to-face stuff, um, because or stopped most of our face-to-face stuff. Um, because those patients that had already booked face-to-face appointments, we could text them and say, we've switched you to a phone appointment. You're going to get a text asking you these questions, then they could reply. And the ones that were replied in a positive way, um, we could then call to to do a little bit of further questioning. Otherwise, it's when we're talking to patients and doing our triage, we're asking the, the relevant questions, pretty much the same questions that were on AQRX, so about fevers and about continuous cough, particularly in the last two weeks. Um, and then the, the next late level of screening is when they come in the intercom and the reception team, just double checking again. So that's probably the mainstay. Yeah, great. Um, Okay, very sensible. Yeah, our practice has used their Accurex t- uh, tool as well. It's um, yeah, it's really good. That's really, really helpful. Thank you so much for your time, Anna, <laughs> and um, and we hope that everything continues to work smoothly. Thank you, Wessex LMCs, supporting you and your practice.